Hey, Dustin? Oh, yes, Logan. Uh, you ready to start podcasting? Yeah! I'm coming to yeah! Another episode of Quality Home Entertainment, the show where we watch movies and then we talk about it. It's a genre we invented. No one else is doing it on the internet. My name is Logan Nielsen. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, co-creator, and bandmate, Dustin Pixley. Hi, Dustin! Hi, Logan! How you doing, my guy? I'm good. How are you? That's a good flex. He worked up to a flex there. You yeah, really... I pointed at the sky. Yeah. To Neil. And then brought it down to a gun show. Yeah. He's not dead, is he? No. <laughs> I was going to say, I think he's still alive. But I worship him. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yes, we are, as our summer series, or what would we call it? Our our Summer to Remember, right? Summer to Remember. Boy, there was better names for that, huh? Lost lost Summer, Forgotten Summer. These all They all serve the same theme, but just now I'm realizing in the moment, Summer to Remember is, is not good, but thanks for going with it. But we're, <laughs> It does sound like a bad, like... Song from the early '90s. Well, and that was kind of I think where I went from. Is it sounds like a bad song or like a uh, uh, like, like a, a yearbook theme, like an AB, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like an ABC Family movie? Yeah, the summer to remember. Lindsay Lohan stars <laughs> in Summer to Remember. Well, that's a 2023 film that she would. Be well, in. now she could do it now for Netflix. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Summer to Remember. Now, um, it would, remember when she was famous? Well, and you would, remember. <laughs> When she was very famous. Well, and she just did the movie about her getting uh, amnesia for Christmas. So this could be the summer sequel, the summer to remember. She gets amnesia again. Oh, that would. This poor lady keeps hitting her dad. That would really wreck your brain. Yeah, because what was that one called? Me and Jess watched it. It was so bad. Something Christmas. (laughs) Right? Christmas. A Christmas to remember? It might have been a Christmas to remember. I would love it if that was the title. I'm looking. Are, are now. you juggling? Of course I am. Yeah, they just released it, and because it, it's Netflix, just straight up making Hallmark and like Lifetime movies now. It might be a Christmas to remember. So I don't have internet down here, and oh. it's going slow. <laughs> I can look it up quick. Ah, falling for Christmas. Falling because she falls and hits her head. Yeah, that also works. That also, but okay. But not really. But yeah, uh, sure. But a Christmas to remember. Yeah, dang. What could have been? You know, <laughs> there's probably a lifetime movie out there. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna get back in. There. I'm gonna juggle that. Is there, a, is there a movie called The Christmas to Remember? And is it about amnesia? Because it should be. So first off, absolutely. Yes, of course. Of course, of yes. Of course it exists. A Christmas to Remember from 2016. Um, it is available to watch on Peacock, it says here. Well, synapse pending. We may have to watch uh, it. A TV personality drives to a small town mountain retreat. On her way, a blizzard veers off the road, and she crashes when she awakens. She has complete amnesia! <laughs> yeah! Yes! Coming to yeah! Yes! Yes! Nailed it! Starring Mira Sorvino. Oh. I didn't know she was doing Lifetimes. Which this kind of, that ties in because she also co-stars with one of the leads in our movie here. In what? What are you talking about? Oh no, not, who am I thinking of? I don't know. Who plays the band geek in 
not band geek, but the choir geek in American Pie. She is a band geek. Oh, no, you're thinking Mina Suvari. Yeah, okay. She's the choir geek. Damn it. Yes. No, no. Mira, so excited. Mira Sorvino from uh, um, uh, um, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Yes. Yeah. Fuck. That's who you're thinking of. I'm so excited. No. Anyway. Anywho. None of that is what this episode's about. Not at all. <laughs> Quick tangent there. Quick tangent. But that was fun, and it nope. worked. that worked out pretty well. Worked out better than it rightfully should have, yeah. if, if we're being honest. Uh, but we... Uh, as part of our summer to remember, that's what started us on that track. Is, is uh, that's di- right. That's right. Is dissecting our own idea. <laughs> we what? get so distracted by our own <laughs> idea, our own title. I think it's because we come up with ideas quickly, and then it's not till we're doing them we're like, "Does this work? <laughs> Should we be doing this?" <laughs> um, but part of the summer to remember is watching movies that um, that make you go, "Hey, remember that." And not like not full on nostalgia ones, not like not classics. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, not classics. More the was that a movie? Yeah, the movies that make you go like, oh, I think I saw. Yeah, that was big once, wasn't it? Uh, which this one, this was a trip because we just watched this together, literally upstairs moments ago. This is one of the handfuls of of, of live viewings of that live we've viewings done together, together right before recording. Um, but we watched the. I guess would it be even a cult classic film? I'm not sure. It I don't was, know what you seemed, would classify this. It as. seemed big at the time, but I'm not even sure if it like did well. But we watched Saving Silverman, which was a huge, kind of a seminal comedy, I'd say, for our age range. In <laughs> you were not in. You weren't in if you weren't quoting this movie in middle school. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. At least in in Sanatsker. Middle school. Yeah, abs- everyone, if you were our age range and you were anybody. <laughs> you were coming at yay You saw Saving Silverman. You were suddenly an eighth grader who was into Neil Diamond. <laughs> Hello. This, this movie kind of uh, affected our lives <laughs> in specific ways. Uh, now, I can see this wasn't a huge hit, I don't think. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm surprised. Yeah. Especially upon uh, well, recent viewing. Well, now here's the thing. Okay, this is interesting. So the movie opened at number three at the box office, making $7.4 million in its opening weekend. But its overall... Oh, no. Okay, so its domestic total, $19 million, Not huge. Its worldwide total, $26 million. So it did not make much more overseas, which I can get. This is very American comedy. Absolutely. No, it doesn't have not... the, the bells and whistles to, to translate to. Uh, yeah. Most, most of the time, big action movies are the ones that are going to yeah, play against, well overseas. But $26 million against a budget of $22 million, So Ooh, not very no, profitable. No. It opened behind The Wedding Planner and Hannibal. Yeah, so those, those were uh, the one, two, three. Hannibal, see, Hannibal Wedding Planner. I didn't enjoy that movie at all. I never watched that one. I didn't like it. Never really saw it. But that one I remember doing weirdly well. That one was kind of a big hit. Um, yeah, February 9th, 2001, starring Jason Biggs, Steve Zahn, Jack Black, Amanda Peet, Arlie Ermey, Amanda Detmer, and Neil Diamond as himself. Hello. Directed by Dennis Dugan, the man who's directed most of Adam Sandler's movies. Written by Hank Nelkin and Greg DePaul. Those sound like made-up names. I looked into them and... I don't think they've done I'm too seeing, much more. But I'm seeing no other. Greg DePaul is an American playwright and screenwriter best known for the romantic comedy Bride Wars. So these might 
be the only movies he wrote. That is all that is put on his career. about you, Hank? What do you got going, Hank? Saving Silverman, Mama's Boy. Yeah, the uh, John Heater. Mm-hmm. I remember looking into that one. Mr. Blandings builds his dream house. Never heard of that. Uh, he also wrote the Are We Done Yet? Are We There Yet? The Ice Cube yeah, yeah. films. He was set to write the feature film about Speedy Gonzalez, but it, it fell through. <laughs> what? Okay. Well, y- you know, this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what more can we really say yeah, about not, these two? Not trying to dunk on them, but it's it seems like uh, this is the main thing they did. But yeah, Dennis Dugan, I was looking at his film career. 1990, he directed Problem Child. Oh, yeah. If you remember that John movie. Ritter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John yeah, yeah, Ritter. Absolutely. But he did, uh, oops, sorry, reset the page. Uh, Problem Child, and then a movie I was just telling you about, a film called Brain Donors, yes, which is one were, of my- talking about it. Oops, excuse me, just kicked my mic stand into my own face. Uh, but that's one of my favorite comedies of all time. Uh, and then right after that, Happy Gilmore, Beverly Hills Ninja, Big Daddy, Saving Silverman, National Security, The Benchwarmers, I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, a movie that I really bet holds up in today's social climate. Uh, you don't, Very appropriate. You Don't Mess With the Zohan. Uh, Grown Ups, Just Go With It, the classic that is Jack and Jill. Grown Ups 2, Love, Weddings, and Other Disasters. And that is the last of his What was that one? Diane Keaton, Jeremy Irons, Maggie Grace, Diego... Never heard of this one. I haven't. I also have not heard of that one. So he's done. Did he retire? Yeah, I mean, I think anyone who mm. directed Jack and Jill would probably need to hang it up. <laughs> uh, like on principle alone, you need to look at yourself and say, "I need to sit down." His son's a professional baseball player. Played for the Phillies, then the Cubs and the Diamondbacks. Now he's in independent baseball. Maybe he's getting that baseball money. <laughs> I'm sure if you direct that many Adam Sandler movies, uh, I, you, I bet you're doing okay. I bet you got to the point where you said, I'm fine. Yeah. I don't have to do that anymore. He probably takes care of his people, too, I would imagine. Oh, I'm betting so. Yeah. He seems like a, a regular guy. Yeah. Um, so, who's in this movie? He cameos as the, the referee who gets murdered by Arlie Ermey. Lot to unpack in this movie. Lots. <laughs> and that's the director, not Adam Sandler. I know we were just talking Sorry, about yes. Sorry, yes. <laughs> Dennis Dugan cameos the first in the I was movie. like, really? Adam no. Sandler was in this? Not a, no, that would be... <laughs> that'd be weirdly a bigger get than Neil Diamond, <laughs> yeah. I think. Hello again. Hello. But that's the movie we're talking about. Oh, excited to get into it. Was a fun watch. Yeah, no, it was surprisingly held up better than I thought it would. It did. I, I was expecting a lot of eye rolls, and I didn't have nearly as many as I thought. Had some, absolutely, but because it's very much, very much a movie of the time. It Ab- looks like yes, the way the way some of the gags are set up, they're very, very late nineties, yeah. which yeah. is why it's also very appropriate that Dennis Dugan directed it because I feel like he's a big part of that created that style of like nineties comedy. You know what I mean? The oh, way they yeah, look, yeah, yeah. the way they're paced, the way the the music they use. Like, I feel like he's one of the people who created <laughs> he, that. He's certainly a pioneer in the field. It's like what? It's like him, Todd Phillips. He did like old school. Oh no, no, no! I'm just trying. And then who director. else? Probably the who's the guy who did Jim Carrey movies. What was his name? Shackman? Adam Shackman? Was it? I'm not sure. I believe that's his name or Shankman. I can't remember his name. I think it's Adam Shackman or something Shackman. But it's like there's like the the handful of guys who's like they 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 linked up with a star 
and then yeah, they hung on to them, and then, and then all their movies are just very similar. Different, yeah, different gags. There's different hooks to the movie, but they all have kind of the same look. They all have the same vibe. They're edited the same. They have the same music. You know what I mean? It's like oh, thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even like the guys who did American Pie, which like this has Jason Biggs in it, they were a big part of that too. You know, they were kind of the more they you know, they went a little more risque. The the, the youthier ones, yeah, they yeah. kind of brought back. I'd say them and like Todd Phelps brought back like the, you know, the R rated, you know, horny comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, the porkies of our time. Yes. Yes. Our porkies. Our porkies. American Pie really was our porkies. It was. In a way. I would say that. Yeah. It kicked everything off because then you had like Euro Trip right after. Mm hmm. All mm-hmm. those type of films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any movie that had a DVD release that was now unrated, which <laughs> was already a radar movie. They just. It threw in the scene that didn't matter. Nothing. Yeah. Usually they just put in some, some. Like bad deleted scenes, which this movie did. Because we watched, the, we're on the DVD. Real quick, here's some DVD ASMR. Ooh. When's the last time you heard that, folks? Oh, huh? Yeah. When's the last In time? In the streaming world. It's the last time you cracked open one of these. Yeah. From the director of Big Daddy, says up top, because that was a big hit. That movie did really, really yes, well. Yes, it did. Just a couple years before this. Saving Silverman, two best friends plus one girlfriend equals war. Should I read the back of this? Yeah, of are course we do, you Are should. we just in the movie now? I don't I know. I guess what so. Happened. We didn't even do... We're about to do the beard to... Whatever. This is a mishmash. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, MTV Ra- MTV Radio says hilarious. Well, thank goodness for MTV Radio. Thank God the TV radio station. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Silverman, Jason Biggs. Or should, should I read this? Should I hold on to this? Should I wait? For, yeah, okay. Let's get in the beer quick. Let's get in the beer. I'll hold on to this. I'll read yeah. the back of this. I'm getting thirsty anyway. I'm getting thirsty. I will say what the special features are, though. Uh, yeah, at least give them that. Um, everyone's favorite things of DVD bonus, right? Director's commentary. Oh. Which for comedies are always good because it's them being like, yep, we did we did that. That's funny. <laughs> uh, outtakes real. Link to the official website. Which does have an asterisk next to it. What does that mean? What does mean? that mean? I'm trying to look for what the asterisk means. Requires a DVD ROM drive and internet access. So you have to put it in your fucking computer. Oh, no, it was that old. It was those ones where you got to put them into your computer if you want to access the website. Um, theatrical trailers. Thank goodness. Filmographies. Do you remember those on DVDs? No. You just click on it. It just have the list of actors. You click on it, and they would just they'd basically just give them. Oh, their, it would list all the. It would just give their basically their IMDb like profile. I, it would just be like, here's this person, and then list some movies they've been in. Um, and then, of course, the best special feature of all on a DVD: scene selection. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you want to skip ahead. Sometimes you want. And you don't want to fast you forward all the way. Where, you want to know where you're going. You want the scenes to be labeled like an album. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Should we crack a beer? Yes. I want to start, because we bought the, the variety pack of the all-day IPAs, because to be honest, we've been drinking all day, because we were drinking for lunch, and then we <laughs> watched this movie, so... You yes, know. we just drank lunch. <laughs> we just drank our lunch, uh, but we got a, a pack of the, the Founders All-Day IPA variety pack, because these are low enough to in ABV. Because um, we had to watch a movie and then do this. Yes. Then then work on our project. And I want to be a little loose for it. <laughs> uh, but this one I wanted, because this is the Session Red IPA. The 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 founder's all-day Crimson Sky. Session Red IPA. Sounds like a James Patterson novel. It really does. Does it not? It really does sound like, yeah. Yeah, take away the, the, <laughs> the station wagon <laughs> on it. That's a good, yeah. 
It's a good cover for it. Uh, but I want because it, it looks like it's parked on a boardwalk, which has to be illegal. You should not be parking that on a There's dock. There's no way. There's on no a way. Dock? A station wagon? Yeah, I can see benches next to said yeah, station wagon. Yeah, he just drove through a picnic area. What a fucking <laughs> asshole. This is this is like a restaurant's like patio that they just parked their car in. Um, but it looks like. Uh, every restaurant in this movie because they pretty much all are on the pier. At a point I said to you, I'm just like, why is every restaurant on the pier? Well, even just their hangouts because they were playing when they play in the, looks like a park, but they're definitely by a pier. Well, no, that one is definitely on a pier. Yeah. That's the thing. I couldn't tell where they were supposed to be. Is it supposed to be like San Francisco? Is it LA and they're on the Santa Monica pier? But it looks way too big for the it Santa Monica It is weird because they, they go out of their way to not make it clear where, yeah. where they're at. Because, you know, some movies really, really ram it home. Right, they don't like they never show you a shot of the Golden Gate Bridge. Exactly, or anything. yeah. So it's like it just it seems west coasty with a pier. <laughs> so I'm like, it's supposed to be L.A. It's supposed to be the Santa Monica Pier. Like, is this supposed? To, I don't know, but but either way, our characters thoroughly enjoy hanging out by the said pier, or they're forced to where the only nightlife exists <laughs> out on the water. No, all the good restaurants are on the fucking pier. It it sucks. It's, it's a pain in the ass to park unreal. down there. I live nowhere near. I can't afford oceanfront property. I don't even I like the no, smell of the ocean. I hate it. <laughs> Seagulls everywhere. But it's the only good food. You can't even eat. But this is the all-day crimson sky. I'm not even trying to. It just happens. It just comes it's out It's understandable, yeah. 4.7 ABV, 12 fluid ounces. Session Red India Pale Ale. Let's crack this bitch open. Ooh. 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 Oh, clanky. Whoop. Hey. That's nice and summery. It's very nice. I've always liked red IPAs. They're a little different. Yeah. But this one's a little, this one's a little more gentle. Much like Silverman himself. He's a very gentle man. Very gentle sensitive man. man. Crack it, pour it, love it. That's what it says here on the bottom <laughs> of the can. I like that. Yeah, I think on the other side. Keep going. Keep turning. Found it. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> and I love it. I spun it. I found it. And I love it. Anything else to discuss? Or do you just want to get into this goddamn thing? I think we have to. We're like ready. We're, we're, we're ready, ready, to, ready go. to go. Yeah, Revved yeah. up. Revved up. Rocking. Ready to roll. Coming to Yeha. Coming to Yeha. Um, should we roll it? And now, your feature presentation. This story is about me and my two pals. We've been best friends since the fifth grade. But now we're all grown up. Nothing could ever come between us. Then she came along. Give the lady a scotch. And I'll have another beer. Oh, he'll have a gin and tonic. Make that a gin and tonic. Judy, awesome to meet you. Judith. Judith. And a beer bong for the lady. I'm now reading the back of the DVD box. Darren Silverman, Jason Biggs. Wayne Lefessier, Lefessier, Steve Zahn, and J.D. McNugent, Jack Black, have been best friends since the fifth grade. Enter Judith, Amanda Pete, a cold-hearted beauty who digs her claws into sweet-natured Darren. She snatches him from his friends and even breaks up their cover band. J.D. and Wayne try every imaginable scheme to save Darren and their friendship, but fail miserably. When they find out Darren has been brainwashed into marrying Judith, the dim-witted duo decide to kidnap her and reunite Darren 
with his long lost love before she becomes a nun. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot to sell. That's daunting. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough sell on the back of a box. I will say they summarized it okay. That's, that's I mean that's what happens. Yeah, but that's better than how we're going to summarize it. I'll say that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, saving Silverman, saving. So if I mean, this is one of those like yeah. If you if you are our age, I think you just. I feel like though you had to have watched it at our age, or it's just it's not going to work for you. Oh no, this isn't a, a first time adult watch. Like I think, I don't think we would have had as much fun if this was our first viewing. You know what I mean? Absolutely not. No, I think we would have been. A lot of eye rolls would have happened. Yeah, throughout. Well, I think I think inherently comedy doesn't really hold up unless you see it young. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because like, imagine being imagine being our age now and seeing like Airplane for the first time. Like, I think it's still gonna be funny. That movie's like you know a classic. There's gonna be a lot of stuff you're gonna be like, okay. But when you see that as a kid, I think like I think comedy holds up as long as you're young. If you're a kid, I think comedy can kind of hit you whenever. Because yeah. it's just the the pure silliness of it. But as you get older and you just have like context for the world. When you get cynical and <laughs> cynical, just like when you start being like aware of like, mm, that's fucked up. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> even watching this too, it's like I don't know it's 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 very screwball, it's very over the top, but at a point I because remember I said I'm like, this might be the worst like love relationship. Like the most toxic, yeah. Like the most yeah, when, troubling relationship. When you really start to analyze things, when you look at it as an adult, through an adult lens, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but middle school, though, this shit's perfect. Absolutely, you Flawless. don't care because you don't care. <laughs> Flawless movie, no, because this I think was not only one of my favorite comedies, if not my favorite comedy at that age, but I think it was consistently. In like my favorite movies, absolutely. I had watched it way too many times because so I could. Many I was still able to quote quite a bit of the stuff. Yeah, I had ahead of time before it came. You know, when it was, oh, the yeah. scene was coming, I was like, I know exactly oh, no. what he's going to say. This was one of those like hitting you in waves of like, oh yeah, like it was all coming. This this weird acid flashback of every joke coming back and and realizing too things I do say in my regular life probably still to this day that are from this movie. Yeah, no, it's still, it still has an impact. There's that weird thing of like, oh, that's what that's from. It's from this. That's where I got that. That's where I got that from. Hey, this isn't over yet. We're not giving up on Darren. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Weird. Or even just that like little thing when they show that flashback to Judas' ex-boyfriend and he gets killed <laughs> in the blood sport <laughs> match. The face the guy makes where he's like, dad, and he goes, holds his teeth open. That's in my mind just from other movies of doing that face, but that's from this. You know but, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but you, yeah. Where do we so go? We, well, we've read the synopsis, so we've already <laughs> set the stage, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, I, well, I guess we've already been talking about how this rewatch felt. I, I, let's just do some vague, uh, some vague reviewing. I think... This is kind of a Jack Black had already been becoming a thing. I think this is like a big breakout one from again. I don't. I know this movie wasn't that popular, but I feel like it was part of people's breakouts, though. Do you know what I mean? I, I agree. Yeah, I think it it showcased some talent. Yeah, because Jack know, it, it Black more, like their their niches where yeah. they where they belonged. Because I think this really started showing like oh 
this is who Jack Black's going to be. Because right after this, then he started leading movies. Yeah. No, it definitely, because I think this is where he like opened up on his physical comedy a lot more. Well, because he was in, like, his breakout would be High Fidelity. Right. Is his breakout. But that's not like a slapstick, silly comedy. No, that's kind of a brooding 90s, yeah. you know, not even rom-com, but like kind of romantic movie. And then I think it's just like, oh, what if we just let this guy off the leash and just let him yeah. be Yeah, no, him? this is where he got real silly. Yeah. And, and he kind of found like, oh, I can take this like silly silliness that I am and I can put it into basically comedies, but different yeah. kinds of comedies. Yeah. This is part of Steve Zahn's like comedic lead run. That his next one after this is National Security, also by Dennis Dugan. The one he did with uh, Martin Lawrence. Yes, um, which I don't know if anyone really saw. I don't think that one did well. I don't think that one hit very well. Yeah, but you know, this is post uh, that thing you do, and so they started making Steve Zahn kind of a, a you know comedy friend, you know, second lead in comedies. I think this is a part of Amanda Peet's breakout because this is right after we were talking about this. This is right after a whole nine yards and. So she was kind of becoming... It was definitely the breakout for her boobs. Boy, this movie sure loves her cleavage, They huh? really did, yes. Really loves her chest in this one. Because I, I just said that at one point. I'm like, holy, this movie is just... Because every outfit every she outfit, wears, It's like... Every outfit. It's like the deepest V possible. Yeah. And I'm like, is that because of Whole Nine Yards? Because she spends the entire third act topless? Yeah. Is that why you're <laughs> that doing why? this? They're like, no, you know her. <laughs> Look down. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, you don't recognize her? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, do you now recognize her? <laughs> I do think she's great in this. Yeah, no, she because I don't think she's done a lot of comedy. I mean, she's she's done. So, I I don't think she's been since then. I don't think she's got to do this hard of comedy. Yeah, because she's been fair. in comedies, but she's after that she started becoming just the like love interest character. Whereas this one. She's playing a psycho, you know. Yes, and she does it very, very well. She does a great job of playing, like, because it's written for her to just be this, like, manip. And it's how the back of the box is written, too. Like, she's just this, like, manipulative, cold bitch, but, like. Look, Darren's mine. There's nothing you can do about it. I own him. He does whatever I say. I'm in complete control of him. He's my puppet, and I'm his puppet master. You're not taking Darren away from us. Just try to stop me. I think she makes it a very fun character who you're not like rooting against. Right. You, you know don't I mean? you don't end up hating her no, at you, all. No, you just kind of enjoy her as part of this weird ensemble that's happening. Um that was kinda of whole nine yards too. She was kind of goofy. Right? She was. She yeah. was kind of a goofy character in that too. It's like she she got normalized after this. She became normal. She became like the, the like the bland Love interest after Fucking this, right? Hollywood huh? domesticated yeah, her ass. They Fuck you, Hollywood. She's a f- she's funny. She's very funny. She's funny, and like you were saying, not to we you know we try to never, uh, you know, get too pervy or anything on the show. But you said you forgot how much of a smoke show she was. I'm like, oh yeah, she was a big deal for me at that age. Yeah, no, Amanda Peet was a big deal for me. <laughs> no, she just I was just like, wow, I forgot how attractive Amanda yeah. Peet was. And I don't know, maybe for I. I kind of pieced together we were watching that for a long time I was kind of uh, I don't know attracted to domineering brunettes after this maybe <laughs> maybe Amanda Pete in this movie was a big part of that I don't know just thinking that could out, be just thinking out loud here that could be something there. I maybe cracked something open while watching it and you said that I'm like you know what I think I maybe got some hang ups from Amanda Peet in this movie which is funny because she's a therapist in this movie and we just had a small therapy session right here right, right now right now I boy I had a breakthrough uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have said it that way uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, but it's like one of those movies where like I think everyone's everyone's funny in it. Everyone's... Well, and we talked about too, like Jason Biggs was having his like will he won't he moment here. Will he won't he as as a Hollywood lead? Yes. Like, oh, we hey, listen, American Pie, big hit. The kids seemed to like Loser, but wasn't like a big hit. It was kind of a little more a little more underground, I think. Um, hey, you gonna bring it home, buddy? And like, <laughs> but also I think I think also a moment passed where. Because right on the heels of this, then, who started being your leads in, like, silly comedy movies? Matthew McConaughey. You know what I mean? This is like... This yeah, like the rom-com kind of... This was kind of the end of, what if a scrawny dope was the romantic lead? Yeah, it kind of became the, the age of the hunk. Yeah. Things yeah, got the hunky very, lead. Got very hunky after this. And the, the, only, the only room we had for a not hunk was Adam Sandler. And even him after this kind of stopped doing rom com. I mean, I guess that's not true. He did like Fifty First Dates and stuff like that. But he was he was kind of our everyman rom com lead. But right? like when those were different though, because those were definitely more on the comedy side well, than the romantic. And those side. are those are Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, like they have their own yes. tone, their own world. Absolutely, like, they're be- not the rom com that like yeah. Matthew McConaughey right took over for quite a while. Yeah, I, I think if you had after that, if you had a movie that was like a weird guy, it had to be someone with their own comedic sensibilities, which that's what Adam Sandler is, because those are Adam Sandler movies. You're going for him, right? Yes, specifically to see him. Even, Absolutely. Even if you pair him with other people like Drew Barrymore or Jennifer Aniston, that helps sell tickets, but it's an Adam Sandler movie. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And you don't go for like the love as much as the comedy. It, yeah. That's a fun aspect of the movie when they yeah. get together, but it's definitely you're going because you know this is going to be yeah. an Adam Sandler comedy. And that's why that's why I think him and Drew Barrymore work so good together because their love stories were always actually very sweet because they had such great chemistry together, yes. but they were Adam Sandler movies. Like if you look at The Wedding Singer, you look at Fifty First Dates, those are sweet movies rom-com wise. They're also the comedy is so Sandler. It's so weird. The characters are so strange. The bits are, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh no, it's its own, it's its own flavor. Yeah. Ab- yes, absolutely. You know? So I, I, I think this was the end of like, eh, you can't just be kind of boyishly handsome anymore and just be the lead. You either got to be a hunk or you got to be the reason this movie's getting yeah. made. Kind of, you know what I mean? I think that's, no, what, I, I think that's, that's where it went. Yeah, Cause Jason Biggs is great, but I think that's what kind of hurt him being the lead in big movies like this, you know, of, you know, and, and also they stopped making movies like this, a $20 million comedy. They don't make those anymore. They really stopped after that. Cause even the rom-coms we're talking about got well, more think, expensive cause you had like Matt McConaughey and JLo. Well, and yeah, shit, I think so, that's kind of, I think Adam Sandler sort of led the way to that. Like, Probably because the dude made a lot of money. Yeah. Dude made a lot of money in them movies. Well, and then Matthew is to blame as well because he kept doing them, so his price went up. <laughs> well, yeah, and then him and he'd get paired up with leading ladies who are also very pricey. Yes. Your Kate Hudson's, your J Lo's. Your I'm sure there's another one. <laughs> is there or is it just those two? I mean, you had you, you, there was a, a flood of actresses trying to fill the Julia Roberts void after this, you know, because she stopped doing movies like this because she won an Oscar, so yeah. she didn't do this shit anymore. And then it was Gangbusters for "Get Me in There." Yeah, get me in there. I'm quirky. It's me, Deborah Messing. Give me a chance. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun actually, kind of thinking about comedy of that time. Because because this was this would also be kind of the tail end of the. Like the R-rated kind of 
you know, kind of, I guess what were kind of like the frat boy comedies, your old, we mentioned them, old school, Euro trip, you know, all the stuff of that milieu started winding down. I mean, you had like Anchorman after this, like you started getting like weird specific comedies like that. But then those all, they, everything well, stopped th- being rated R and started being yeah, PG-13. I think, I think those were all, the ones that were in that era were buddy comedies. Buddy comedies. And then your next big budget comedies were all rom-coms. Because I, I remember after this, like, after seeing, you know, the next couple of years of comedies, they faded out. Then it's like, I guess let's all go see Hitch together, a bunch of dudes. Let's all go to Hitch. <laughs> I remember walking in a line of dudes in football jackets like, we're here to see Hitch. The PG-13 <laughs> rom-com with, with Will, Will Smith, Smith and, and yeah. Kevin Kevin James, James yeah. Ava Mendez. Like, yeah, but they, but like that's a rom-com for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they all just be, they all kind of just became rom-coms. Yeah, and then did we kind of, what, when was like the Notting Hill phase? Was that before? That was before. I mean, I guess that would have been... Like right around this, right around been, that time, right? That would have been like two thousand or something. Okay, I think right. I think that might have been right before then. Like, yeah, she did Aaron Brockovich. Okay, that. So it'd have been it'd have been around this time, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. Sure, I can't remember exactly what year. Post my best friend's wedding, which I think was like ninety six. I'm guessing at these I, years. I don't know. Hard guesses at these years. Runaway Bride would have been like two thousand, I think. Okay, her and Richard Gere had one more in the tank. <laughs> well, she was she was running away she was from running rom-coms. away. She's like, this is it. She fu- she fucking runaway brided rom coms. She did well because in this era, then she was in the oceans movies, but those weren't rom coms. You know, she's you know the romantic lead in it, but those are big star studded heist movies, right? Yeah, that's the big ensemble cast. Yeah, sexy, sexy, sexy. That was sexy. It's just sexy. It was sexy. It's a sexy movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Boy, we, we this knew. is uh, pretty far away from saving Silverman. No, but I, but it's not though, because we're talking about comedy of that era. Because I think it's it's because for me sometimes I even forget how like how big comedies were. Like in theaters, there was always like an actual comedy with a budget, wide released in theater. And think about the last time that fucking happened. Think of the last... I really am trying exactly. to think right now. Think of the last straight comedy that was just like, here's just people doing jokey jokes. Like, the rom-com keeps trying to come back. It does, too. Okay, so I was thinking back to rom-coms. Yeah. One that we saw together, mm-hmm. uh, Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds and Smart. <laughs> around that was time. around that time. A couple it was. years after this, right? Yeah. Been like 03, 03 maybe? 03, yeah. 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 All comedies were rom-coms. They were just, they were just dress it up different, you know? Even your even your Matt McConaughey movies, like he did uh, Sahara with Steve Zahn, which was like kind of an action movie. Penelope Cruz, Penelope Cruz. But then yep. think of after that, any movie that was him like kind of adventuring was it like Fool's Gold with Kate Hudson? Then they became rom coms. Yeah, they had to have that. It's like ah, if we're gonna sell it though, that, it's gotta the, their, their counterpart had to be kind of the rom com. Yeah. yeah, yeah, someone from those movies, right? Interesting. You know, because even too, like, what are you know, old school did really well, but then what were Will Will Ferrell's next big hits after that? Elf and Anchorman, which are both PG. I mean, Elf is PG, Anchorman's PG thirteen. Like that, that was kind of the decline of the R rated comedy. You know, it was. And what's weird that what brought it back was strangely Deadpool. But even that has to be a fucking comic book movie. Now, if you're going to do an R rated comedy, it's not just a comedy. It's got to be high concept. It's got to be bloody. It's got you know. 
unless you're doing something hyper specific, which around the same time was like, you know, Shaun of the Dead. If you have something that's really genre specific, but even then it's not like a straight. But then they were piggybacking on zombies when that came out because that was hot then, The Walking Dead. They even call it a rom-com with zombies. Yeah. Like that's what they straight up call it, you know. And even that was the same time. That was 2004 was when that came out, you know. God damn. But that was the, the decline. This is right at the end of the... Like, you couldn't just make a comedy anymore. You couldn't just make a, a studio comedy anymore. That studio stopped putting money in comedies. Especially, too, then, once you get into, like, towards, like, 2010 and that stuff, every, like, wide-released movie Will Ferrell did after that, like, started flopping pretty hard. Nothing wrong that he was doing. We like what he does. It's just those movies, just they don't sell the way they do. They're, they're not a reason to go to the theater anymore. Especially once you start having like niche, like really well done comedy on TV and streaming services. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, that's it, all well produced. Like, why would I, I go guess to the theater? Also, around that time, Sonny was on the rise slowly, but it was gaining. Sonny, The Office was huge. The Office was um, gaining, yeah. Yeah, you had a lot of great, like, like sitcoms got better. Once we, this is because this was, the, maybe that ties in together. Maybe there's something there. Yeah. The end of the multicam sitcom. Does that hurt the studio comedy? Because now, if you're going to watch a comedy on TV, it's a well-made, almost cinematic comedy. I mean, aside from Sunny, Sunny's not cinematic, but it's not. It doesn't look like a classic sitcom. It looks like its own thing. Yeah, it's David. I, yeah, S, I don't it's know. David S. Pumpkins' its own thing, baby. <laughs> but <laughs> you love that reference. It's my, it's my favorite thing to do to annoy people <laughs> is to say it's David S. Pumpkins' its own thing. My my, my friends Rob, Rob and John. Hate when I say it, and I love doing it to him. <laughs> it's its own thing. It's David S. Pumpkins, baby. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I've never thought of that before. Yeah, that's kind of a, a of weird how do thing. those tie together? The end of the the end of the multicam, what we know sitcoms look like, with the end of studio comics. There might be something there. That's maybe something to, to look into to juggle to do some research on. Yeah, I'm gonna write that book. I'll I'll read it when the laughter died. <laughs> That book's definitely been written. Had to have. That's definitely a title. Of I bet that's something. Yeah, if we if we juggled it, that's definitely. I think that's definitely a book. When, when the laugh track died. Oh, see so that's oh, something. Okay. Huh? There we go. Anyway, saving Silverman, <laughs> the movie we watched and the we mean to talk about. We watched and are probably just gonna say some of our favorite jokes from because that's the hardest part of doing comedies is not just naming the jokes. But I want to try to not just do that. Even though there's so many. There's so many good jokes. There are. There's some good digs. Uh, some some subtle ones. And some that still hold up. So some They're, good uh, goofs. The name of their band is uh, it's great. Diamonds in the Rough will always be good. That's always, it's always that's one good. of my favorite fake name bands. Um, fake name bands. Fake name bands. Fake band names is what I tried to say. But it's a, but technically they are a fake name band. They are a fake name band. That also counts. Because it's not real. Yeah, I think everyone I think everyone is just having fun and performing it very like you know what I mean? Everyone's going yeah, for it. It certainly see, yeah, it seems like board. everyone everyone in the cast is just they let they've let go. They knew what kind of movie they're making. It's yeah. like let's all and like the movie does a good job of starting them silly, then by the end of it it is a cartoon. It's off the rails, yeah. Everyone's nuts now. There is no reality or logic anymore. Um, I love how game Arlie Ermy is. He's game for anything, though. He really, he was in. He was being, in a thousand percent. For being a fucking hardcore, you know, drill instructor who started his career playing a drill instructor in a movie. Ever since then, you can get that guy to do fucking anything you wanted. <laughs> he was so game in any oh, movie yeah, he was no. ever in. And he'll play with the space. Absolutely he will. Give him a little room. He'll... he'll I bet he was like, oh, no, let me let me give you one. 
I'll do what you want. I want to do one. Yeah. One for one for you, one for me. Yep. Because he is like he really comes into the movie halfway through and doesn't inject some new energy into the movie of like oh fuck coach is here you know it is it is it's uh it is refreshing when he shows up yeah kind of wakes you back up a little bit I'm yeah. like, where's this gonna go oh coach is here oh coach now is we here. got ah, oh he's okay. shitting in the yard fantastic <laughs> uh but yeah so uh yeah the the yeah Jack Black Jason Big Steve's on they're best buds um. It starts with them getting a little backstory of them as kids, and they were always just kind of losers. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the the main theme. That's we're maybe getting. the other thing. This was. Oh, you know what? I think I just cracked something in my head just Ooh, this moment. What do you got? Think about what happened to the like lovable loser comedy after this. It was all Judd Apatow movies. It's all Seth Rogen. And like they're lovable losers, but like they had to be also kind of clever. Yeah, they made them, like, all the lovable losers had to be kind of cool. Yeah, because these guys are just straight-up losers. They are, too. <laughs> and even, like, American Pie, they're losers in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then you had to start, like, oh, if you're going to have a loser, but, like, they got to be smart and funny and clever. Like, they have to be... They have to be comedic people. They have to... You have to... They have to be funny in the world they live in. You know what I mean? Oh no, yeah, they make them a little too clever. Whereas these guys aren't funny at all. They're just—they're just idiots. They're, they're funny from us, the viewer, but in their world, they're not funny. They're just losers and idiots. Whereas after that, Seth Rogen characters, even though they're like lovable losers, it's like they're funny in the world. That's their charm that gets them by. That's it. They have charm. That's what they have charisma. Yeah. Yes. Is there something with that? There could be. Sorry I'm writing a thesis in real time here. That's all right. Someone has to do it. Someone has to. And I know there's and a scribe out there right now listening who's taking these notes, and he's going to yep. put this into a book. And I, Well, no. I'm TM. I'm publishing this. <laughs> and I'm going to send it to Dennis Dugan. He'll go, that's what went wrong. <laughs> that's why I can only My make, life makes sense. That's why I can only make money after Adam Sandler after this. Dang it. Um, or make money. Why didn't Adam give me uncut gems? Why? I know he didn't write that, but... Oh, boy, that directed by Dennis Dugan would be a bad movie. (laughs) Because that's a great movie. (laughs) And now imagine imagine it looking like this. Imagine it looking like just a flat lit, all mediums, all like... If take, every take, every room is like daytime, no matter what take, what time of the day it is, take, take, it's high noon. Take everything out of Uncut Gems that makes it interesting visually. And, oh, <laughs> Rob Schneider's in it. <laughs> it's all of Adam Sandler's friends are in it too. Oh, that's fun I, to imagine. I think Rob Schneider would have played Kevin Garnett. <laughs> would they have done blackface? Would they have? Absolutely, they would. Have. Oh, you boy, know they, they would have. have. They probably would have. Huh? Well, that's why I like, read through his filmography, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, because he does yellow face. Yes, he one. does. Like he does full on. Yeah, and then and then also just the premise of that movie. It's like there's there's nothing about this movie that can hold up. This shouldn't have been made. <laughs> and it was around that time too, where it's like you really squeaked by, guys. You should have. Uh, all have been canceled. Well, because it well, that was pre-canceling. We didn't cancel people then. That's true. We weren't there yet. We weren't canceling people yet, and that was also um, it. It it worked in enough. Like at the very end, them being like, "But this is a good thing," and be on board with it. And like that's enough. That's all you needed to get a movie. It's past. just the the 
the slightest bit of feel good at the end and it, you're safe. If you had one slight change at the end to go, oh, okay, I guess they learned the, something. The tiniest arc on the planet. Even though we just spent 90 minutes making gay jokes, I think they learned something, so it's fine. <laughs> I don't know, question mark? You know? And yeah, we have several characters who are gay in the movie but straight in real life. Yeah. 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 Totally cool. Mm-hmm. Mm, that calls for a crack of Crack the that beer. open, baby. There you go. There we go. That's a conversational sorbet. That's what that is. Which one's that? Which one did you crack open? This is the West Coast, my friend. The West Coast. Which we decided this movie had to have taken place on. It must have. It had to have. Everything looks very California. Because you never get a shot of a city at all. No, it's a few neighborhoods and just a lot of piers. I was like I'm trying to think of other pier. To, I mean, like Navy Pier in Chicago, but nothing like this. Looks Midwestern. No, it looks it looks very Californiaish. I think San Fran or 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 LA. Yeah, maybe San Diego. Maybe San Diego. There's piers there. I was just there. I saw piers. They yeah, have them. You saw them? That mm-hmm, they got a couple. I've seen them too. When I went, there was a lot of seals on the pier that I saw. Lots I saw, of seals. I saw no seals. No was, seals. I, I heard about the goddamn seal population in San Diego. I didn't see a goddamn water dog at all. That's what I call them. Did you go to the right bar? No. I went to a bar that had a lot of otters in it, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of outdated gay jokes. No, and I, it wasn't until last day that I was walking around and I saw a sign for like whale watching tours. I'm like, fuck, I should have done that. Yeah, that would have been dope. Damn it. I've never done that before, but I kind of didn't think of it at all. You had seals on the brain. I had seals on the brain walking around, going to a, a fucking park. That's not where the animals live. It's not even wet there. <laughs> Although actually in that park nearby is the san diego zoo so actually particularly a lot of animals it, do live in that lots park. of animals they just didn't go to that zoo lots very, of exotic animals it's a 70 dollars zoo so was, yeah i'm like you better mm. have, you better have some weird shit there i've never even heard of right pay 70 dollars go to the zoo but i better I, get a pet rhino you know what i'm saying i better get a fight something <laughs> <laughs> i want to to the death match with yeah. something yeah let me <laughs> I want to. I want to fuck with an ostrich. Yeah, right? yeah. I want to put a kangaroo in a sleeper hold. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Saving Silverman. <laughs> Is this the most that we've no. shot off course? Nope. You don't it's think not. so? No, we've done worse. Okay. We've at least been mostly talking about something off of the movie. That's fair. Aside from that last run, at least we talked about something film adjacent. We have definitely gone more rogue. I believe that. But yeah, uh, they 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 they, uh, they hook up Jason Biggs with Amanda Peet, and she's very domineering, very controlling. She hates magic. Hates she hates magic. magic. She hates magic. She hates Neil Diamond. She hates fun. It seems she hates beer. She hates beer. Yeah, she makes him drinks gin, drinks gin and tonics. Yep, and uh, starts. Uh, oh, then after the first meeting, which probably has the most joke per capita of the movie and i think every single line in that scene that jack black says became a scene shouted down the halls of our middle school um when they take amanda pete over to meet yes at the, the boys yeah, the, the first meeting yes that is where you get if it's all stuck together it's one nacho uh the lug nut lug fixed nut sweeperoo sweeperoo um there's a like like every line in that Jack's firing on all cylinders at this point. 
Yeah, and this is like this is some. I mean, I've always liked Jack Black, but like this, this is some of his. I'd say his best work as a silly man. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's just set loose. He's set free. He's off the leash. He gets to just be third lead goofing. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to, he doesn't have to carry the project? Yeah, you know no. He I mean? yeah he gets to just jump in, mm-hmm. throw his fucking banger ass line in, and walk away. Which is why too I think some of his best work he's done and you know since then um, was Tropic Thunder, and that's because he's like fourth lead in that, and he gets to just be kind of unhinged. Yeah, you know I think I mean? that's the best space for him to play him. Which though I mean kind of because like if you look at like Tenacious D too, like the show, he's part of a duo. They're very silly in that. They're very silly. It's very their sense of humor. Well, and Kyle Gass is in this. Yep. Plays magician. Yeah, it's kind of the world they live in. That's their that's their zone. It is. It's definitely where, yeah. It's, and their, he's a it's, great, their, it's their lane. He's for a sure. great lead, too. Because I guess right after this would be School of School Rock. Rock. Yeah. Would be a year or two after this? When did that come out? 0203? I don't know. It would only be a couple years after this they did that. Can't that, be far after. And that like sealed his, his leading man credentials. No, he can carry a movie. There's no question, yeah. but it's just fun to watch him go off the leash. You know, but and even just have him fun. in the uh, in the, the the Jumanji movies of recent years, what's that? He's like the third lead character, gets to just steal scenes he's in, be silly. You know what I mean? But it's not all about him. That is that's up to the Rock and, and Kevin Hart to carry. Yeah, well, he did it in the um, the Goosebumps movie too. He plays R.L. Stein. Yeah. He just gets to pop in, have some fun. Yeah, and he's a good leading man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not coming down on him as a leading man but when he gets to be that like that supporting character well you just you, that's where you feel the most natural with jack right yeah. it's just like that's where well because he gets to because i think he thrives there he gets with the to be comedy big and small doses you know what i mean where you gotta you gotta level it if you're gonna be the lead you gotta level it out a little bit yeah. you gotta have some humanity well, you can't constantly be on you gotta, but when yeah. you're side character you can go fucking nuts exactly yeah um all right we solved jack black we so. solved it uh, I think we've solved all of them now. We kind of went through all of them. We talked about Jason Biggs. Steve's on though. This was kind of his. He was in this run of being these like comedic side characters, but then he just kind of became a respected character actor a little bit. Yeah, you know, what I mean, he he fell in. He's like a less serious Sam Rockwell. That's fair. No, you I like that. I mean? Absolutely. That's you know. kind of how I've always seen Steve Zahn. He's in well, the, cause, give me in the upcoming season of Righteous Gemstones. Oh, he is. I saw an episode with him, and you I saw an loved episode? it. Or you saw a trailer. They haven't released it yet, have they? Yeah. Is it out? Yeah. We're Shit, on I didn't know. Three episodes, I think. Of the Righteous? No. Yeah, dude. They, already been th- I've only seen the for it. Because they released two right away, and then the third was this last Sunday. Oh my god, I missed it because I literally we were just watching TV the other night and there was an ad for coming soon. Oh yeah, you better Gemstones. get on that. It's been a good season thus far. Fuck, I love that show. <laughs> I didn't know it was out. It's great. Shit. And I like his character. I'm very excited to see where it goes. I didn't know it was out yet. Well, and by the time this comes out, the season's goddamn over too. <laughs> You're right. Shit. I had no, no idea. Uh, I had no idea that came out. No, Steve Zahn is great though because he can also play dramatic very well. Love him. I've always loved Steve Love Zahn. Zahn. I'm a big. I have been a, a Steve Zahn Zevo. I was. I almost said Steve OT instead of devotee. You should say, but it actually worked. Yeah, I've been a Steve OT since that thing you do. Yeah, he won me well, over, he, and he hasn't disappointed ever since then. He plays such a great snarky second lead. Yeah, yes, so great at those just zingers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're perfect. They're perfectly yeah. timed. He delivers them so well. Yeah, but. 
he can do dramas and that too. Like he's, he's he, yeah, no, that's he's, that's why I say he's like he's a he's a slightly sillier Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's got the same he does tools too. in his belt. I feel like, you know, what I mean, there's because Sam Rockwell tends to naturally tends to lean a little more playful. You know, like Steve's on. But it tends to be in a lot more like heavier movies. He does, yeah. He gets, <laughs> you know what I mean. Generally, gets cast for more of those. But he's for got sure. the, he's got the same vibe of like, oh, I play it a little. I'm a, I'm like I'm a fun guy. You know what I mean? That's kind of like the whole. Both of them have that whole vibe about them. Of like, I'm a fun guy to have in your movie. I'll play it serious. I can, yeah, I'll do what you need, but, but I'm a fun guy to I'm, have in your movie. Yeah, I'm pretty fun though. Because like, have you ever seen the compilations of Sam Rockwell dancing in like so many movies? I haven't like, seen the compilation, he, but I've seen several movies where he dances. And he does so. the same move. He's got the little feet shuffle move. He does in everything, but there, he's done it in like nine movies. And it's like, yeah, that's he's a fun guy. But <laughs> but he can also be in Moon he's and tear moon tear and tear it the fuck up. Three billboards and all that kind of stuff. Moon is so good. He's so good in Moon. That's a great movie. Uh, Saving Silverman. <laughs> Saving Private Silverman. Saving Private Silverman. Yeah, because that's what they reveal is that Silverman, his other brothers, died at D-Day. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack Black and Steve Zahn have to go save him. <laughs> I would watch it. I would watch them, them just fucking around through France. <laughs> <laughs> trying, to, trying to find Jason Biggs. And then watching them try to have a scene with Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh, Ted Danson's there. I, saw, I told I told you I saw Ted Danson, right? No. What? No. Oh, did I tell you this? Dude, when I was in Austin, the hotel we were staying in had a TV fest going on, and they did a Cheers reunion. So I saw Ted Danson walk through the lobby. What a tall, gorgeous man. Were you just like... Just awestruck. I was so because I was sitting down having breakfast at the like there's the little coffee shop there, but you get you can like eat in the lobby. I was yeah. getting there, and I saw, I'm glad I was sitting there and doing something because if I was walking and saw him, I may have been like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> not knowing he was there. No, because he he's he looks exactly how he looks on television. Like there is no without the lighting or without makeup. No, no, it's him. That's Ted. He is this giant silver fox. <laughs> That you see and you're like, God damn, that's Ted Danson. Well, that's fucking awesome. It was great. It is great. It was so cool. Anyway, I saw other actors too. I met uh, I met the lead of Mayans. I think I told you that. No, you did not. Did I not? Why did do you not that? tell me things? I thought we had do this you conversation. No, I thought we talked about this. No. No, his name is uh, J.D. Pardo. I've seen. I've watched a couple seasons. Oh, have you? Okay, yeah. Met him, me and Josh met him in an elevator. He was really nice. Wow. We talked to him for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Just chatted with him for a sec. I'm pretty sure there was two older short men. I didn't see their faces, but walking away from Ted Danson, so I'm pretty sure that was George Went and John Ratzenberger. Oh, because then Luke said he saw Cliff. a picture of all of them together. So I think Cliff and Normie were there with him, but they just oh. walked out while yeah. Ted Danson got. I, I saw Ted Danson twice. Twice. I mean, it's hard to not notice the seven foot tall <laughs> <laughs> silver fox. Yeah, yeah I get it. it's hard to not notice him. Um, yeah, saving Silverman, yeah. huh? Saving Silverman. Yeah, I don't know. What do you got? I don't know. Where where were we? Where were we? We were talking about the house. So they're we're at the, about the house. Setup, they're at the house, and then the, the what they they try a couple schemes to break them up. And yes, because she for forebodes. She forebodes. I think it's forbades. I don't know. For well, no forbids, because foreboding is something else. Is it? <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. Either way, Silverman is forbidden from seeing JD, and. Steve Zahn. I can't remember his character's name. Wayne. 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 Cowboy Wayne. Cowboy Wayne because he's a... Exterminator. Uh, exterminator. 
uh, and he's got a big truck, and he fights a raccoon in the, got, in the beginning. He got, got a big old truck. But then they like they're like, oh, we gotta break him up. We have to save Silverman. Which then I paused it. Yeah, you did, and saw that that turn happens at twenty three minutes. Kind of a perfect act one into act two time of like. So that was a good structure there. We'll give him that. I was like, you know what? That that is the one thing too with those with those comedies of that era, is they were like, no nah, man, just structure them classically. Make the movie. You know, it's like all the rom-coms, too. They do. They, they do keep it very tight. Boy meets girl. Boy loses girl. Boy gets girl back. Like, yeah. That's, they they really, there's no surprises in the structure. No, they keep it very tight. The surprises are the jokes always, yeah, within. It's a pretty short first act. They they usually stretch out the second, and then the third happens. Third's pretty tight in all those. Yeah. Well, this movie has a lot. Like, I was kind of watching it. That's why, part of why I wanted to pause it. Because I was, I was surprised at how much they crammed into that 20 minutes. Because they do a whole backstory of them as children, right? Yep. And then they're banned. And then... Well, then we hear about um, the love of his life. In, in the backstory stuff, yeah. Yeah. The girl he used to be with. But yeah, that's like a whole sequence. We get Coach in there. We get Coach in there. Yeah. We, we, get, we establish all these characters, all this world. Then we meet them now as the band. Then we have the, you know, quotes, meet cute with Judith. It's not really a meat cute. It's it's a meat. It's real forced. To yeah, it's a meat a meat a meat ugly a meat rough yeah. <laughs> a meat. It's a rough meat. Yeah, uh, that's some rough meat. <laughs> Silverman wouldn't know. <laughs> um, and then like the first stages of their relationship, right? Because then we get them like together for six weeks. You yeah, know, we have a months. jump cut, and then we get the the little exposition dump of happy six weeks. Yep. And then their issues of not having sex. Yep, and that we get some conolingus, and then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, well, and Jason Biggs, though, so it's it's <laughs> it's Jasonolingus. There you go, Jasonolingus. We get some Jasonolingus. Jasonolingus. Yes. Um, and then and, and then some little, the some little Jason time. We assume forbidden forbidden from seeing the friends anymore. Then like the friend breakup. Then we're gonna like that's a lot that happens in that first twenty minutes. They really cram. A lot in to that first act. It goes, and it, pretty, works. it goes smooth though. They do it very it well. It actually works really well. I was I was kind of surprised because especially when it gets to the, like her meeting them, going to the house and that stuff. I was like, oh, that's an early scene in this movie. But I think it's because I just kind of also because like I said, as we're watching it, then I forgot about all the turns after that, where then they decide to kidnap her, and that's where you get the the walkie talkie bit. <laughs> the <laughs> you don't have to do the <laughs> it already does that. The uh, the refrigerator bit. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, when, if, when when Jack Black's he's he's chowing down because he wants to get he wants to get burgers afterwards he's hungry. What did he say he wanted to go to? What was the name of the burger place? I can't even remember Burger Shack. No, it was oh, what was it Happy Burger or something? Yeah, remember. maybe I don't know. But when he wanted to get a chubby checker with cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. We'll eat later. Can we go to Happy Burger? Yes. After the kidnapping, I'm gonna get a chubby checker with. <laughs> That's pretty good. They're all good. Yeah. I mean, it's all day IPA, so none of them taste that different from each other. They're all just kind of a light beer, but yeah. like they're mildly different. They got different colored cans. That I think affects your brain. Because <laughs> what if it's just the same beer in all of them? It probably is. <laughs> but this one's pink. That one's red. That one's yellow. So your brain tricks itself. Um, 
All the all the business in the kidnapping is very that whole sequence. It's it's very very good. Is is top to bottom pretty dynamite. Of just and then to follow comedy, great throw throwaway jokes. Um, the the gatekeeper, the the you know holding of Judith is very funny too. Oh, the, yeah. Once they once they have her back at the house, and yeah. they have her hostage. Yeah, it's like the only stuff that starts lagging a little bit is the um. It's then, it's, it's the courting of um. Sandy. Sandy, yeah. That takes a little what's too her, long. What's her name? Sandy Perkins? Sandy Perkis. Perkis, thank Sandy you. Sandy Perkis. Because remember I just said like it's that's such a perfect like romantic lead name. Oh, Sandy Perkis. Yeah. Like it's so perfect for that. But yes, that, that's definitely the, the part of the movie that lacks where it's kind of like, let's get going. Well, because now it's like in the middle of the movie, it's like, all right, let's work in this rom-com in the middle of this kidnapping screwball movie, <laughs> you know? There's some fun with that too. Uh, Amanda Detmer, who plays Sandy Perkis, um, she's giving her all too. She's having a good time. Yeah, she's having fun. She could have been a nothing character, but she had fun. With it. But it's like, yeah, they're they're going into like you know she's about to become a nun. Jason Big, they faked Judas' death by by also <laughs> by digging up a it's, body. The amount of crimes they commit. Yes, in this movie, I was gonna say let's talk about the the buckwild felonies this group commits. And then they do just get away with it. All of it. These men should be in prison for life. Kidnapping. Uh, B&E. They broke into that house. Break and entering. Kidnapping. Um, false imprisonment under threat. Uh, defiling of a corpse. Yeah. <laughs> Destruction of property. Destruction of property. Uh, breaking out of prison. Well, they have a car, a so we're going to go ahead and assume they stole that vehicle. Oh, the one they blew up. Yeah. Yeah, unless that was Judith's car. Oh, I think they blew her, but still, it is that's her car. Still, they that's still, still stealing. Stole it. Yeah, so Grand Theft Grand Auto. Auto. Eventually, later after they get busted, they break out of prison, which then, that's like a huge charge. Kidnapping they, of Neil Diamond. Hello. <laughs> um, um, I guess just disturbing the peace at the wedding. Disturbing the peace. Rec- uh, 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 reckless driving. Yeah, because Arlie Ermy jumps out of the truck in traffic. <laughs> um, yeah, just a litany of crimes. They, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, these men these men should be because once they were digging up the corpse figure, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, they do that? It's that's so fucked up. Because I I had like the middle of the movie I had kind of erased. Once it was happening, yeah, I because remembered... that, that's the part to erase though, because like I said, it, it drags right. right. That's where you get to your act two blues a little bit of like, eh, we gotta just spend some time doing some other stuff. Because even the bit of where. Um, Silverman's on the date with Sandy and he can't stop talking about Judith and so uh, Steve Zahn comes to put the shockers on him and it's like I'm gonna shock you every time you talk about Judith you know funny gag but that is like in the middle feels like it doesn't fit it doesn't well it also because now we're watching as adults yeah it makes it makes the whole second act is very problematic because of how quickly he's just going on dates after his fiance has died, and and also the pressure that Sandy's putting on it, she's like, "I need to know you're serious, because otherwise I become a nun on Sunday." Yeah, I need to know that you want marriage. So I need you want a family. You love me, and that you want to marry me right now on our second date, two days after your fiance died, to your knowledge. And that's where I said, I'm like, this is one of the worst, like one of the most fucked up. <laughs> yeah, because he's already engaged after what, two, maybe three months couple with this months, woman? A couple months. Yeah, like two or three months. Because what, they're six weeks in and then some more time passes. Yeah. So probably about, 
which it seems like he didn't even introduce her to his friends till like two and a half months in or something like that. I mean, over past Listen, the six weeks. Makes sense, right? I guess. So he must have known it was coming. He must yeah. have known she's not going to like She's that. not going like to like these guys. Um, but yeah, it was like through that lens. And again, it's, it's a, it's a really wacky comedy. So it's like none of that, none of that slows you down with your buy-in. You know, it all feels very silly. It's very Fairly Brothers. It feels very Fairly Brothers this week. Yeah. It's very, uh, there's something about Mary. It's somehow a little less silly than the Fairly Brothers movies. Less silly because I think especially their movies at this time started going like really hard R. So they felt so extreme because this is, you know, because what, Something about Mary, I think, was 99, 98, 99. I think so. And then Me, Myself, and Irene, which, like... Yeah. That like that is one of those movies, was absolutely one of my favorite comedies ever of that time. I would be terrified to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way any of that holds is okay. up. And is okay. There's no all. way. There's no way any of that is okay. <laughs> so that is one I avoid, like, the plague and just keep my fond memories. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss in yeah, this situation, yeah, my friend. Yeah, because once you just think about like, oh, like any scene, his kids, you know, <laughs> like it, like that relationship. That's yeah. There's there's just so much. There's so much wrong in it. But there's no way. There's no way any of that is is fine in today's lens. No, I think a lot of their movies. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful with. Well, even that's what I was shocked when I saw the trailer for. Uh, Peter Farrelly's newest one, the the one with Woody Harrelson, yeah. Where I'm like, which is like, it just looks like The Ringer that they also made, the Johnny Knoxville one. You know what I mean? And it's like, I get it, but also like, this feels like the jokes in it are gonna be uh, like at the expense of these characters. You, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. It felt so old. It felt like and I'm like, this is what you're following up your your best picture winner with. It is. You're following your Oscar-winning race drama. I say he's very. He likes to exploit certain situations. Yes. 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 <laughs> and I've thought that for a while about the Fairley Brothers. Anyway, no, but it, it. But tone-wise, it feels it feels more like a Fairley Brothers movie than an Adam Sandler movie. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. No, like, no, tonally, for sure, for sure. Like how it kind of. It's just operates. not quite as um unrealistic. I know that sounds weird. Well, also not quite as gross out. Because because yeah. Fairly Brothers of this time were very were were more gross out comedies. This doesn't. This has yeah. For me, this version's rated R. Actually, it's pretty tame. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We watched so we watched the DVD, the rated R DVD cut, which has which literally just means you see some boobies. Yeah. At one point, when they fake, they try to fake Silverman's with other women, which in the movie, the theatrical cut, they have bras on, but in this, their boobs are out. That's that's it. It's that, and they added one extra scene with Jack Black at Subway, which is not a funny scene. No, it was kind of te- a little tedious. It it feels like because nowhere does it it doesn't say like because remember like a lot of t- in this era too a lot of DVDs were like oh the unrated extended cut, and they'd have a couple of extra scenes and I'm like oh, yeah I understand why you cut those yeah <laughs> yeah this- some some scenes that. Weren't worthy for theatrical, but and now this, you decide to put them in. Okay. And this yeah, movie yeah. especially, I was just like, yeah, I'd have cut that scene. That scene sucks. That was not funny. And it slowed down the pace of the intro. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no, that made sense. That was a good cut. I, I just stuck with it. Looks like you got money from Subway, but yeah, I would cut that scene also. <laughs> and I think there was one other, like there was one or two other lines they changed to have a fuck in them. 
which made it the R-rated cut. Which because was this movie originally R-rated? This was originally PG-13. Uh, originally PG-13. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah, it says here, Saving Silverman was released in two versions on home video, the PG-13 version that had been released in theaters, and the original R-rated cut. So it was meant to originally be R-rated. Okay. Well, that's why I do want I do want to see, I mean, see, I'm not going to look it up, but with the scene where they're, they have the two uh, sex workers with them where they're faking the photos. Yeah, is it the topless. exact same? With I mean, digitally added The shots gazeers. looked exactly the same, and I'm like, did they digitally add bras? But then one of the shots, they did have bras in, so I was like, did they did they shoot two versions, or... Or did they digitally add boobs? So I'm like, I, I don't... Not, not, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> oh, this here, this is Johnny. He's the best boob man in the biz. <laughs> you need boobs in this movie? He'll add them. Finally got a Blu-ray release in July of 2021. Finally. Finally. That high def. <laughs> what have I been waiting for? I want you to go ahead and guess what this film's Rotten Tomatoes score is. 39. Lower. Ooh, 17. Higher. 25. 19. It is 19. Oh, no. <laughs> has a score of 19%. Uh, an average rating of 3.7 out of 10 based on 102 reviews. Its critical consensus states dragged d- dragged down by a plot lacking any sense of logic and obnoxious, unsympathetic characters. This comedy is more crude and mean spirited than fun. I think that's a harsh review. I think it's a little harsh. Yeah, it's a little harsh with this movie because I honestly was surprised at how well it held up. I was actually really surprised. Yeah, I thought it would be much, much worse. Thought I thought it was we'd be, way be worse. very disappointed. I thought it was going to ruin... I thought we would get some ick from it. Yeah, And they kind of stayed away from a lot yeah. of that. Well, because even to the plot where like, where then it reveals that Jack Black's character is gay, which, I, I, which yeah, is such I, a joke of that time. Right, but I assume they would have done a lot of very tasteless jokes. And I love right away when he reveals it to Steve Zahn, and Steve Zahn's like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> He just accepts they his move gay. on. He's like, that's fine, whatever. Just we have a problem we're dealing with. I don't care that you're gay. <laughs> that does, I, that's not an issue for me. And right I was now. watching it. I'm like, you know what? For 2001, that's weirdly progressive, it especially is. in media where at this time you had so much of of the not gays in sitcoms. You know, because oh, so yeah. many oh. friends plots. You know, it's so much of like we're not gay. Like, don't accuse so, me of that. Exactly. It, yeah. yeah. It, it, there's so much, it, just so much in movies at that time that were like, oh no, but oh, me and him, no, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, you thought they would have done something stupid like that. Yeah, but where this one just not nah, character gets to be gay and whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. He marries coach. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's um, th- yeah. There's fun nonsense with the kidnapping all stuff. Let's let's just get to the wrap up where. They get busted for it because Amanda Pete breaks out, and then which uh, I thought that scene was great when Coach goes down to fight her. It makes it. Well, what is he? What did he say that made us both like perk up? And this is probably a problematic joke. Oh, he, he goes. He, he he goes said, I'm gonna get down there and kill that coos. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jesus. <laughs> I don't even know what that word means. I'm sure it's not great. It is. It's slang for vagine. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, it's like yeah. I've I, never thrown that one out in my days. I've heard it in other movies of being like, gonna go out hunting for some coos. Okay. Like I've, I've heard that before. I don't know. I don't know what's a play. Yeah. On. What, what? Where does that originate? I have no idea. What what's the, the etymology yeah, on this? I don't know. I don't know the etymology of coos. <laughs> if someone could write in, please. <laughs> 
it comes from the Greek. <laughs> um, uh, um, but yeah, like, comes uh, from the Greek from crevice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then he goes down there, gets his ass kicked immediately, uh, and, and that's where this is where you start really getting the cartoon of the movie because it does like from the security cam footage, and it's like a ridiculous fight. You yeah, know? well, and they keep putting the hat down, tipped hard when it's yep, a stunt cover, double, cover yeah, the yeah. stunt double's faces. Um, and then, uh, you know, but I will say before that point, before the stunts get outrageous, I, a lot of them had the actors doing the stunts, like just falling down, like Steve's on falling down in the hallway. Yeah. Um, and even the little thing of like carrying Amanda Pete to the car and then throwing her in and stuff like normally you would do that from a wide shot with a stand in. Oh no. She was thrown in the back seat Cause they do a close up of her face as like they did as a wide shot, carrying her down the steps with a limp. Doing the whole way, I'm just like a lot of movies wouldn't do that. They'd cut it, they'd cut around it. It'd be a, a stand-in on her, his shoulder. You know what I mean? Um, so I was like, I know it's a little thing, but I was just like, oh, they were all in on this. They all, they all did the dang movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, they got together and they're like, I'm in if you're in. Some of that, you know, that let's put there, on a show no, mentality. There was just no like. phoning it in, which is nice to see. Yeah. And gen- generally, like, I know we were just kind of making fun of Dennis Dugan's directing style, but I thought it was a competently directed movie. No, it didn't um, look like shit by any no, means. It no, no. I mean, it wasn't, like, creative or There's overly fancy, artistic. But like, but, but, like, good, like, establishing shit. Like, at one point when when Wayne's coming to the restaurant to help Jason Biggs and the truck pulls up, it does a tracking shot from Jason Biggs coming out to the truck moving in, yeah. zooming in on Very There's some stuff in here. That simple filmmaking shit, but it's, like, when you get into modern comedies... They don't do that simple shit anymore. Yeah. Once you get to like, uh, like I know he's made movies that people like. I think one of the like worst comedy directors right now is Paul Feig. I hate the way he stages movies. What's he? What's he done? He did Bridesmaids and the Ghostbusters reboot. Okay. And and I'm not saying like oh fucking Ghostbusters sucks. This is not me saying that. I I don't like his style because it's so flat. It's so cutty. Honestly, Judd Apatow is the same shit, but his movies are just way less high concept, so you don't notice it as much. But Paul Feig's movies tend to be a little higher concept, so you notice, or at least I do, I notice how uninventive the direction is. Like, sure. He did The Heat with, with Sandra Bullock and Melissa yeah, McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like when he, his action scenes look like trash. They look <laughs> like nothing. And like, you know, so that's where it like, just this stuff where it's, it's, just, it's just kind of old school like, well, here's the basics of directing a studio movie. Do, do a couple of these things. Make it look nice. Yeah, throw in, throw in a little bit. Make it flow visually. They uh, they struggled with the lighting on this movie, we we found out. Well, well, no, I don't think they struggled. I think they just turned them all on. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, let me rephrase that. They did not struggle with having lights. They had several lights on set. Listen, this thing was lousy with lights. Yeah, everything is, and that was, and that's honestly too. That that is also just comedy of that era, especially. But like everything is just so like, blow. Because even when they, I, I said when they break in to kidnap Judith, I'm like, every light in this house is on. It's supposed, it's they're sneaking in in camo and dark clothes into this fully lit house. She's in bed sleeping. Every light in the every house light is on. in the every, house is on. She has four lights in her room on. <laughs> And it's like just that'd be so easy to do, just make it a little darker. Do you know? Well, like, well they, oddly enough, they did that though when uh, when um, Jason Big gets home, because then they just have the candle lights and then a little bit of soft oh, light, yeah. which was kind of weird. Like, why now would we? Yeah, that is weird. 
Yeah. Know, weird no, choice. I, weird choice. So there is that. And that's always and that's a comedy problem. Comedy tends to does do a lot. I mean, even like uh, something we just praise, but like always sunny does just flat lighting. Oh, blast, yeah. Blast it with light. Do the scene like, you know, so it's like good comedies do this. But it's like that's a comedy problem where it's kind of like, well, we just want to play around. We want to make it look good. We want it. We don't want to bother anybody with the style. So just just blast the goddamn set with light. Let's just make it all look nice and bearable and let's move on, you know. But then it is weird when you have a character in all black and then a character in camouflage and they're in just uh, the house just <laughs> just flooded with light. <laughs> like, but even yet, like like the restaurant slash nightclub slash yeah. whatever the hell they're in. Those things in 90s comedies that don't exist, these like... Yeah, the, the, the hybrid. The, yeah, the, um, the restaurant nightclub slash hotel like it's hard to tell what it right. is and then whenever you have those because you have them a lot in movies yeah you always have your main characters at their table dining having a very normal uh conversation where they can hear one another yeah just fine no music it's it's not loud but it's not a thing but if, there, if, there's a, if there's a yeah a crowd full of people two feet from them full dance floor full dance floor but they can have a quiet chit chat with each other there's always balconies always balconies layers always, so many layers it's, it's such yeah i like I've really only ever seen layers like that in a restaurant in like I don't know Planet Hollywood. <laughs> like, this should be a big theme restaurant. But it's like in all movies though. Like how many Batman movies have we seen now too? Well, it's always a dance club with like a uh, with a, a railing. Yeah, yeah some sort or, of or walkway. John Wick movies seem to like. Yeah, it's just that th- movies love layers. They love it. Yeah, well, it's a way to fake making an interesting visual. Uh, yeah, but it's always weird in like comedy and stuff like this. Because honestly, this this restaurant could easily be, I don't know, a, a Ben Stiller movie. That's what made me think of the Fairley Brothers too. It's like swap out Jason Biggs for Ben Stiller. This is a Ben Stiller movie, right? It, yeah. Like, it, along came Polly. I mean, it looked like the dance club that is in like a warehouse, and along yeah. came Polly. But that also is like a layered area. You know what I mean? Well lit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like. They love layers. Yeah. Hollywood loves layers. Hollywood loves layers. Along came Polly's okay. I don't I do not hate that movie by any means. Philip Seymour Hoffman makes that movie for oh. me. Oh. I still R.I.P. I still can't <laughs> his, sh- his basketball scenes. I cannot shoot a basketball without going Rainmaker. <laughs> I can't. I either need to yell Kobe or Rainmaker. It's one of the two things if I shoot anything. <laughs> or when I when I'm at a party and I want to leave and I just walk up to my friend, I'm like, I sharted. We have to go. <laughs> But Ruben, I'm in a situation here. We have to leave now. Well, no, can we stay a couple more minutes? But dude, no. This is serious. I just sharted. You were funny as hell at those bagpipes. <laughs> well, even... Uh, I've, I've never heard you talk before. <laughs> even Alec Baldwin's character just rubbing his ears in the urinal. I mean, there's there's a lot of... That movie has a lot of really good I did scenes. forget about that. Yeah, that's... See, and that feels like the show must be an Adam Sandler movie, but it's not. It's... No. Weirdly. Or Fairly Brothers, but it's neither of those things. It was like someone doing the style. I wonder who did that one. I wonder, too. Should I juggle that? Yeah, because the they jugle. definitely... To the juggle machine. They pulled some inspo, and then they inserted Ben Stiller. A long came. Directed by John Hamburg. What the hell did this guy do? Oh, he did Safe Men, which is a great movie. Yes. Starring With Sam Rongwell. And, and, and Steve Zahn. Both of them, yeah. Shit. Oh, they did do a movie together. Oh, that movie's That's so amazing. good. That's amazing. And they're both great. leads, too. Yeah. That movie's so good. That movie's so funny. Oh, so, okay. If Dennis Dugan is Adam Sandler's guy, this is Ben Stiller's guy. 
listen to this guy's filmography. We call I bet Night at the Museum's in there. I just have a feeling. Uh, no, I know Night at the Museum is... Oh, um, damn it. That's a different guy, I know. Okay. But uh, uh, Safe Men. After that, he did Meet the Parents, Zoolander, Duplex, Meet the Fockers, Along Came Polly, I Love You, Man. That's a fun oh, one. Oh, yeah. Like I Love You, Man. Little Fockers, Drunk Wedding. Never heard of that one. No, I can't say I've ever heard of that. No, nope, no one's in this that you'd care about. Well, don't presume who I care about, but that's fine. <laughs> I didn't recognize a single name on the list, so that's why. Uh, why him? The yeah, the, and that was kind of the last attempt at a comedy like this for a big. It was Brian Cranston, yeah, James, James Franco, Franco. Uh, Night School, Me Time. Um, yeah, that's so he's he's Ben Stiller's guy until Ben Stiller just started directing all of his own movies, which he was directing movies in the '90s, but he started just making. Anything yeah, he just in. well, he kind of shifted from acting more to like. Yeah, but even even all of his movies, like Tropic Thunder, I think Zoolander 2, everything he started making after that, he's like, well, I'll just direct it if I'm going to be he's in He's like, it. I'll like, just do it. I got this. Uh, the, the, what was the one, the one where he's shit. He's shit. The one where he takes a big shit. <laughs> That's a long came Polly. <laughs> he does, too. He does the Indian restaurant. Yeah. Uh, no, he, uh, oh, what is it? The one where it's like the guy, it's Kristen Wiggs in it, Sean Penn. Walter Mitty? That's it. The Secret, Secret Life, Life of Walter, Walter Mitty. Mitty? Okay. He directed that one too. Thank you. I was really trying to think of that one. No, I can't think of his name right now. But uh, this is a fun discovery. I think we've discovered though is that there's certain directors. It's a fun discovery we discovered. I, why do I say weird things <laughs> all the time? Thank you for calling me out though. It's no! it's deserved. I enjoy it. I know you do. I say it because I enjoy it. Yeah. Because this it's not a weird thing to say. It's just redundant. <laughs> it's very redundant. <laughs> but we stumbled upon yes these directors. Who have the style and they find a lead and they stick with them. That's what I, mean. I and I hope. Like I know we're going kind of rogue from Saving Silverman, but I like that this has opened up a discussion of comedy of the time. Who, I think that's what this movie is, though. Like, because it's very much of the time. There's not much to talk about, but it's it, very much of the time, it's, and it's 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 this also like you said. I like that it's leading us down these different paths. Yeah, it's this intersection of different ideas about comedy, about especially like studio comedy of that time of that era from like 95 to 2005 is very much its own it was era. a weird time it was very much its own era of comedy that really shifted from just making funny movies to having like here's your lead they have their director make you know make an adam sandler movie make a jim carrey movie make a ben stiller movie yeah, you know I what i mean i had kind of a thought too yeah. while i was upstairs peeing <laughs> yeah that like a lot of the like prolific comedies mm-hmm. from let's say Mid eighties mm-hmm. to late nineties, they lash onto these SNL people. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's because they they tend to already be breakout stars from SNL. So if you already have a like, ooh, this person broke out, let's now put them in stuff. Yeah, and that's what a lot of those do. Especially the nineties, though. They really Mike Myers, well, Chris yeah. Farley, David Spade. Well, I think so much of that too is copying the eighties of following Chevy Chase, Bill Murray. Yeah. Because you had a couple from that era who broke out from SNL became this thing. So that's like, oh, let's grab whoever we can from the 90s. Which is funny. That Okay, that makes me think of something else that yeah. I'm going to throw in. Back in the day, you would see a lot, too, where these TV movies would snatch their TV stars and make movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was like a huge thing. Oh, yeah. I name-checked one earlier, Deborah Messing. It's like, well, you're the lead in a TV sitcom. You're likable. Let's Here, do this TV movie for us. Yeah, some, some stick, some don't. You know, like Jennifer Aniston. Okay, she was able to successfully become 
a movie star, right? Didn't get to do anything. She just had to kind of stick in the same lane, right, of of your your second lead of rom-com or a silly comedy kind of thing, right? But you Yeah, don't... I don't know she yeah, she didn't really get to escape that unfortunately. No. She, she I think got to step out of her comfort zone for horrible bosses, which I like to see. Right. Like you, you'll get a you'll get to do a fun you know, cameo-ish. Even though it's not a cameo, like she is a character in that movie, but it's like you're a real C-level character. You could have a few fun scenes. Yeah, isn't it funny that Jennifer Aniston is doing this? You know, it's, oh no, um, yeah, it's more of a quirk than anything. It's it's uh it's um uh it's been it's it's Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder, where it's like oh isn't yeah. it great that he did that? Can you hey can you believe this? Isn't it crazy that Tom, yeah? Which I always like. Everyone kept saying that Tom Cruise cameoed in. It. I'm like I'm like he's like a fucking character. Yeah, that that's whole not movie. a cameo. He shows up in several scenes. And some people just like, oh, could you believe this, Tom Cruise? I'm like, yeah, I can see it's clearly Tom Cruise in a fat suit. But okay, yeah. <laughs> like, it didn't trick like if, me. If you didn't, that's a problem. I, I love, yeah, I like, you have true face blindness. But like, <laughs> yeah. I I liked seeing him do it. It's very entertaining. Yeah, like, yeah, it's nice to especially see him out of character. Yeah. Not being the lead or action star. And then especially when they later just were like, oh, yeah, that was based on Harvey Weinstein. That yeah. just He is just playing Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Tom Cruise is what... No time for that. Let's, no, no, nope, we don't nope, have nope, time nope, for nope, that. Nope. I I felt myself starting a Tom Cruise tangent and I cut it off. You should be proud we of me. Do not have time. You should be for proud that. of me. That I'm like, nope, because I had a lot of thoughts to follow it. I'm like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut that off. Let's just talk about the 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 ending of this film. Yes. They break the boys out of prison. They, they do. They kidnap Neil Diamond with with no discussion. <laughs> they just pull up to a stadium, walk in, and carry out clearly a dummy. We briefly touched on it, but I do really, really enjoy when the coach jumps out of that vehicle. Well, it's right after that because they yeah. have they have Neil. I was working my way up to that. Okay. I was going because then they're driving away, and then he looks back. He goes, "Oh, we got police on us!" And like very clearly, they don't. no one behind. Them. <laughs> no, I believe the car he calls out has two ladies, old women who yeah. hit him later, and then he pulls out an Uzi that has not been established. <laughs> he just has one. No, this is where. It- Going off the rails, like we talked it's, about, it's full Looney Tunes logic. Of yeah. you can just pull whatever gun you need out of your, you know, your non-existent pocket, a la Bugs Bunny. Of like, look what I have in my fur. Yeah. You know, it's kind of how he pulls. Because everyone seems really surprised by this Uzi. They are. They would have seen it that he pulls out of the door of Wayne's car, <laughs> and then he jumps out. And then she gets hit by three cars, which is I was laughing pretty hard. I well, forgot about it that. It was just segment. it was the way he jumped out, which I think he really did that. By the way. Ar- Army ha- Arlie Army? Yeah, it sure looked like him. It's an Army Hammer. Yeah, Army Hammer, the cannibal. He really jumped out. Well, I think he. So I think what happened is, if to for the stunt. Yeah. Because it looked like the car was moving. Okay, well, I'm not on a saying trailer. he jumped out of a moving car. Yeah. But he jumped out of a green screen. See, I don't know if it was green screen. I think they maybe had the truck on a trailer because that looked like real background behind him. It didn't really look like green screen. But I do think okay. he, I do think he jumped, jumped, into a out, jumped out onto a crash pad on an extended no, trailer. No, absolutely. Prop, possibly. Maybe not. It but it looked been like green, it. could have been green screen. But no, he jumped out of that. Yeah, he jumped out of it. And then the, you cut to the wide, then you have a stuntman being dragged along yeah. the road. <laughs> and they just slide on the road. It's, yeah. And it's, uh, it's a really good sequence. Runs from a car, gets up, immediately hit, hit by, by a car. car. It's, it's just... just just physical nonsense for no reason. It was just like, here's just another thing. Because then it's like, oh, there is no cop back there at all. No. No one is on to them. God, you pull one little prison break. <laughs> um, well, and then I love how quickly Neil Diamond flips. Convin- he- convinces himself almost. He does, too. 
Because he's like, oh, you guys, are, oh, you're those creepy fans. And like, but our friend is marrying the wrong person. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, he cuts them off. He's like, wait a minute. I've Hold been on, writing stop. About, I've been writing about the power love the whole time. This is my moment. Which I, I did just <laughs> I did just read a quote from him on the Wikipedia where it said, where Neil Diamond said, uh, where was it? I think it just said like I, I I was dragged kicking and screaming into this movie. <laughs> like he really didn't want to do it. Yeah, I was dragged into this project kicking and screaming. And he but he wrote a new song for it too though. Like there's uh it's called I Believe in Happy Endings, but he wrote a new See, that's the weird thing cuz this movie hinges on Neil Diamond. Hello again. Yeah, which, I mean, you could write a different character in there, but yeah, you could or a different either, artist. You're but gonna need some. This really sort of, felt like it hinged on Neil Diamond. Yeah, it, it hinged on whatever figure you're making. That you could have made it somebody else, but then like you have to paint the movie around that. Yeah, person. Um, well, we talked about it where like there was this weird little moment in comedy at the at, at in this era where like there was a weird focus on Neil Diamond really just two movies i'm i'm stretching a little bit but there's that movie lost and found starring david spade which the climax of that movie is him singing a neil diamond song to win the day and it's like what's going on yeah what's <laughs> what's up with that i will say i do appreciate this movie at no point played sweet caroline and i really appreciate That's that respect i really right? really appreciate that it's only um the most overplayed song on the planet. It's only Holly Holy. It's only uh, she, uh, a Cherry Baby. It's you know, it's yeah, it's other hits of his, but not fucking sweet not Caroline. the one. Yeah, the low hanging fruit, the obvious, the low hanging fruit, the bop bop ba, which I hate. And listen, that's a white people did that. We did that. <laughs> it's white people at karaoke. Sweet Caroline, bop bop ba. That's a it's a thing. It's annoying. It and happens at sporting events. True love never felt so good, and then we go so good, so good, so good. I'm like, don't do that. At least the bop bop bas. But I hate the bop bop ba. But at least that's that's music and this. But what what's this so good chanting? That yeah, sucks. Stop it. Stop it. Not to sound like a grumpy old man. Stop it. It's, it's over. Stupid. It's enough. You're dumb. <laughs> um. But yeah, then they go crash. Uh, Judith and Silverman's wedding, which has been put back together one one day or maybe two days. It's hard to tell. Um, Several guests. Well, it's still the end of that week because it's happening on the Sunday that Sandy's becoming a nun. So it's yeah, that, it's that week. Silverman just found out Judith's not dead, which then also implies that her whole family probably just found that out. Suddenly they're having this wedding. There's a whole crowd there. Really short notice. Seems like a lot of logistics, too. Like, you were probably pronounced dead. So you now need to come yeah. back from the dead. Yes. That's got to Lo- be a lot of paperwork. A lot of legal. Yeah, because then can you even legally get married? You've been legally pronounced dead. Right. Does the does this document mean anything? Let's really, I, let's get into the legality of saving Silverman. We have with the felonies, now with the paperwork. Now let's break this down. Uh, but Neil starts and saying did, song. And did, did Darren receive a large settlement? Did she have life insurance? And does her, he have to give that back? Her ex-boyfriend? Oh, no, Silverman. Is his name Darren? I thought so. Yeah, good call. Okay. Um, I mean, I know they weren't married, but did she... No, oh, she, yeah. she, wouldn't, she wouldn't change it to his name. No way. 
No, remember she wouldn't. She's, she definitely wouldn't. Specifically, he was. Oh, I mean, she his wouldn't. Name. She wouldn't put her life insurance policy in no, his name. No, no way. No, no, no. She's she's probably definitely got a good policy. She's she's a psychologist. Yeah. She's a she's a therapist. So she's probably got decent yeah. insurance. That stuff, money but, went nowhere. Yeah. No. But they crash her wedding. And with Neil, Neil comes out singing. Neil comes, Neil comes out singing. And then uh, Silverman runs to Sandy, dressed like a stripper, and um, she got out of her Darren's in love with the stripper. <laughs> Darren's in love with a stripper. <laughs> and then I I do love the gag. This is a gag I love. It made me laugh this time. I knew it was coming. I knew it would be of it. It worked, though. But when she, because when Amanda Pete's crying, she goes, but who's my one and only? And then Steve Zahn walks in, because they, they had had a moment back at the house where it's like oh maybe they should be together but you weren't sure if she was just playing him and then he comes in singing the neil diamonds hello my friend hello, hello. and he walks in singing so like triumphant of like yes it is you and me well, and, she, and the, the music we're led to believe like oh she and found she, her person and she runs to him and it's it staged so well and and, and i think amanda pete plays so i'll give her her credit because she runs up she does she looks so like lovelorn and then she just grabs a chair and <laughs> busts it over his head it's so well timed it's such a great job he's still singing when she does it that's a great little physical bit and then they fight and then they decide that they should be together and then the laziest of all is jack black walks in holding coach and coach is just like when are you gonna get hit she goes oh, i'm not i'm gay and coach just goes me too like, really and then they just Hard cut to they're all married at a Neil Diamond concert. Hello. Everything's fine. Everyone should be in prison. Everyone. Because even if you, even if like you know they decided not press charges about certain things, you did still destroy government property and stage a jailbreak. That you're, you're you you yeah you're going to jail for that. Unless Neil Diamond is that good of a character witness. Is listen, does he have a direct line to the governor? Did they get pardons? Oh, I love that. I love the governor being like, we got to put these people away. Oh, no, it's the red phone. Oh, no, it's the diamond phone. It's, <laughs> it's a shiny phone. It's a, be- oh. a bejeweled phone. <laughs> yes, Mr. Diamond. Hello, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> My it- boys are free to go. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what, though? This movie did hold up for me. I was actually pleased. There's some moments that make you go like, eh, 90s comedy. But yeah, like, no, second act dragged a bit, but... There's that moment. I'm going to say like, pleasantly surprised. The joke still held up for me mostly. I don't even think... I, cause I was expecting there'd be like more, like quote, problematic stuff in it. There's I did really, too, honestly. There's maybe only two jokes that are like kind of by today's standards, but most of it is just silly. Most of it's just silly, just silly character shit. Um... I forgot how much I enjoyed Dog Boy. I for- yes, <laughs> yes. Sandy's from Sandy's Circus little Family, and I forgot that because her her dad's the strongest man, her mom's beard lady, and then her brother is the dog faced boy. And he just sitting there. He says a cocked head, and he pants. <laughs> he's just kind of dog. Fa- yeah, I laughed pretty hard there because that was that is one of those things that was jettisoned from my memory uh, of dog faced boy. Now, two of our Summer to remember movies have involved a bearded lady. <laughs> Freaked at Mr. Yes, they the have. Is that why is that a thing? Why on are we this on show? a weird circus theme? I mean, I know we did the throwback throwdown, but also like, huh? Huh. Didn't put that together till this moment. Yeah. That we have two circusy. What does movies. that mean? 
don't know. We got to find another one now, I think. We got to find another circusy movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a fun rewatch. Yeah, I'd say if you if you did watch it as a youngster, if it, if it was your if it was your bag like ours back in the day, I don't, you, you're I don't think you'll be, be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. it's fun because it was also like a fun trip down memory lane. There's some jokes I forgot about. Um, some jokes I think I never laughed at before that kind of made me chuckle this time, or good performance moments too that made me laugh. Also, pay attention to the background. There's a lot of background a lot gags of sign we found jokes. out. Yeah. Every restaurant, every place they meet is a joke. It's a subtle joke. They're, none of them are like big. They're not like Simpsons level sign jokes. But every but they're there though. Every restaurant has the like kind of a joke name or a joke in the background. Or my favorite is when uh, when uh, Steve Zahn has Sandy Sandy meet with him. It's clearly outside of an adult video store. And you don't realize it at first until every sign behind them is like hot, wet, naked ladies, <laughs> and, so, and, he's, and she's in like her nun yeah. attire, and they meet up. And it's, and it's just really funny that like he's like, meet me at this corner. I'm clearly buying a tape, and then I'm coming. That's the thing. Yeah, he, he comes was, out of the place. He comes oh, out. Yeah, of no, he was purchasing <laughs> something, but it's like. It it makes no meal of it. It doesn't even point at it, but just behind him, everything is oops. Everything is like triple X, hot wet nudes. Like it's just, it's made very clear where he's at. It's made clear without without making a meal of the joke. Yeah, and, and all of them, or even like the one restaurant is just called Tomato. Yeah, and it just registers Tomato. I don't know if that's a real place, maybe in L.A., but like it just seemed funny to me at a place just called Tomato. Tomato. Or there's the one where, and this is maybe a joke that's kind of outdated, but. I mean, definitely outdated, but like where Jack Black is like, oh, maybe Judas is a is a hermaphrodite, and then in the background, Jess pointed out the background. There's a sign in Spanish that says "Hombre y mujer, y mujer, man and woman." Yeah, in the background, and I'm like, wow, did they really paint a thing as a as, just to as a joke for this joke? That's or is it so... is it a weird coincidence? I doubt that. I doubt it. I bet it's a joke for that joke. It's so stupid. But I was just like, she pointed out, she goes, oh, it says man, woman in the background. I'm like, that does say that. That's very funny. That's very silly. But yeah, every every restaurant's a gag. What they show a sign of is is silly. There's another one, too. I can't remember right now, but there's another one. that. There was a, one more. I don't remember either. Oh, one is when they're on the pier and the bar is just called Siemens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the That's other right. one. Siemens. That's the, bar, the bar they're meeting at is just called Siemens, which is like very easy joke to make. But it's like every... Every restaurant, I like that because again, I like a Simpsons joke like that. I like gags. I like background gags. I like. It is know, strange they put that much effort into the background yeah, of this movie to the set design. Yeah, of, yeah, of a, of this silly movie, and well, also a movie of this style too. The fact they did it and didn't call out the joke. Yeah, because if it was an Adam Sandler movie, Adam Sandler would make a joke about it being called that. You know what I mean? Like. It wouldn't. No, be, they would have brought attention to it. It wouldn't be a they're, background. They're, joke. they're leaving it up to us to find it. Yeah. It wouldn't be a background joke. It would be the joke of the scene. That haha, isn't it funny that we're at blank? You know what I mean? Where instead this is just like, no, we just got these scenes written, <laughs> yeah, but we're just, just gonna do them. Hope, hey, hope you catch it. All these bars and restaurants we go to are just gonna have dumb names. <laughs> um, well, that's the movie, and probably the episode too. I don't think we need to do like a. No, I don't think there's much more end of the movie segment. We can probably just end the episode, eh? I think so. Do we know what's next? I don't think we do. No, we have no idea. No idea. We're making it up as We're we go. We're really baby. flying by the seat That's of our pants on this one. That's how we do it here. That's how we do it. I mean, normally we come with with really high concept plans that don't pay off, but th- now. We're more well, just. I mean, we have a list of movies. We do have a list. That we're it's more or less from. just pick one. Yeah. So we got some of these. Some of these other movies making go like, oh yeah, 
Yeah. And then also some of our lost episodes. Those will be coming out at some point. We don't know what order. We just have some of those we're working on, too. We want to get out our lost episodes. There are some fun movies that we covered. but Yeah. That deserve to, to come out. Yeah. 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 Comedy yeah. Com- um, comedy yeah. I know I think it's come on and yeah, but it was always fun to say comedy yeah. That's all right. That's how I personally always said it. Comedy yeah is how we always said it. Um well that's gonna do it for this one. I think that's gotta do it for this one. It has to. We've already gone too long. <laughs> Wait, we have? Yeah. Who's we? Well, me, Logan Nielsen, and my good friend Dustin Pixie. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Quality Home Entertainment. Sorry this took longer than it was supposed to. Let's have the best summer ever, gang. Let's have a summer to remember. Let's have a summer to... Let's have a Christmas to remember. All right, bye! Bye. That's it. That's all. That was it. <laughs> Look how short that is. Two, three, four. <laughs> 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 <laughs>